Hello. Welcome. I am Pastor Deborah, and it is so wonderful to have you watching today or listening. This is going to be another wonderful personal story about my life from being a licensed clinical mental health counselor in the state of Florida, in the United States of America, and a nationally clinically certified mental health counselor to helping people the Lord's way, a different way, a spiritual teacher way, a spiritual shepherd's way, a spiritual king's way from the kingdom of heaven. I didn't know how to do that when I began. And this was one of the, this story of my personal experience was one of the many that I had to take, learn, evaluate, and see and believe. It's a wonderful story. It's right out of the Bible. And it's called Worship the Father in Spirit and in Truth. And before we begin, I want to give a big thank you to Zoom Pro. That's who I'm recording through. And to Pixabay for this wonderful motion video. Now, if you see strange things happen like around my hair or my hand points and it disappears, it's because there's no green screen behind me. I've tried the professional ones, the ones on the chair. I made homemade ones. I didn't like any of them. I used to put back here an easel up, and I'd write on it, and you would see into my living room, or at least part of it, but I don't do that anymore. I think I've maybe progressed, not quite sure, but if those things happen, just close your eyes and listen. This will also be podcasted out freely to many of my podcast shows that you can find on the website of Agape Love is here.org. They're all free to listen to. That's right. And you can find it on the course, the YouTube channel, here at the Hidden Kingdoms. Don't forget, please make comments and maybe subscribe. There's also lots of shorts, YouTube shorts you can watch under Pastor Deborah. I try to stay up and current. I don't do a lot of social media uh, on things. I am on Twitter. At Pastor Deborah, I think. Could be Agape Love is here. Uh, YouTube. And uh, LinkedIn under Pastor Deborah. But I don't do a lot of the others. I stay to, my life is busy enough. This morning, I was at lunch. I was cleaning out my refrigerator, part of it. Fixing lunch. Now I'm on my study time, my recording time. I've already been up watching YouTube videos about intrigue, dramas. Yeah. Learning. God is showing me wonderful things through the dramas I watch. They're ancient historical Chinese and Turkish dramas. They're Chinese dramas. He is showing me in the natural in these movies. It's hidden in the spirit. And I want to just thank you for coming and watching. And learning about my life and how it was changed dramatically 
through supernatural spiritual experiences and knowledge to help you the Lord's way. I didn't know who you were, didn't know how to find you, how to help you. I only knew licensed clinical mental health counseling. That was it. But God has not wasted that because I can talk to you, which I do on a radio show called the NASCA radio show, the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. I have a monthly live radio show that comes on with them. The, I think it's the fourth Tuesday of every month. I'm on it live. You can call in and you can ask me questions of mental health, healing, deliverance. I tell my story about growing up in the military, having a mother who was mentally ill, having to deal with all sorts of traumatic events in my childhood and how God helped me through it and then how he has changed me to help you, the spirit part of you that then will help your soul. But before we begin this story here in the School of Light from the it's on the website under A Kingdom of Agape Love, Volume 1, are all my personal stories. In Volume 2 will be many of the personal stories involved in helping you. Yes, they're almost unbelievable stories. I didn't talk during that time, and still don't, about what that life was like, how I helped you. You'll read about it and you'll hear about it directly from me. But let's open up first before we begin this story, number 22, of Pastor Deborah's life in learning how to help you the Lord's way. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Christ Jesus of Nazareth. We come to you with open hearts and minds to learn to grow and to understand things that we have not yet seen or heard or believed in. Help us to know the truth. Help us to eat from the tree of the knowledge of life, the tree of wisdom and understanding. Help us, Father, to pick up the seeds that you throw out, eat them, plant them in our hearts, our minds, so that we can believe and see what is unseen to us. Help us, Father. Only you can do this through your words, your spirit, and your great agape love for us. So help us in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. As I said, this is a personal story. Happened to me. Still does. Long ago, I can't even remember, maybe back in early... 1999, maybe 2000, maybe could have been before that. I had been attending a global worldwide revival called the Brownsville Assembly of God Revival with evangelist Steve Hill and the pastor John Kilpatrick. Evangelist Steve Hill had been in Argentina. He had seen a powerful revival, demonic spirits manifesting, people getting healed. And he brought that to his good friend here in Pensacola, Florida. And a revival broke out. It's on the website. It's on the YouTube channels. 
the Brownsville Revival. You'll hear powerful music, singing, praise, and worship. You'll see the audience. You'll see the church. You'll see the atmosphere that my training began in. And what was happening is I had been saved since I was three. I read the Bible, still have the very book, didn't understand it, went to churches of many different denominations. I was a baby. I was in religion. I knew nothing of the world and the realm of the spirit, nothing of the kingdom of heaven, didn't even know what a human spirit was. Now, I had dreams, but I didn't know what they were. Didn't couldn't talk to anybody. My parents didn't talk. The church didn't talk. The pastors didn't talk. So I needed some help. If I was going to leave the world and the profession of mental health counseling to help you and the Lord his way, I was to become a partner with him, but I was ignorant. And this story happened very early. And it's dealing with worship, the spiritual realm, human beings, church services. And it all was based on the word of God. God always would give me an experience as I was reading the Bible. Of course, he has to wait for you to get in the circumstances. This was in a church service. You're going to hear about a young man named Seamus. He was a high-ranking, multi-generational Satanist. Grew up in it. Was the best friends and sort of the lieutenant of the king of the particular clan called the Black Forest Clan. His name, who was the king of it at that time, was J.L., stood for Joshua Luke. (laughs) Can you believe it? All these Christian names. Seamus, when you looked at him, he looked Arab, but he looked more Persian. Good-looking young man. Of course, he was younger than I was. And when I went to this particular church, not Brownsville, it was another church in Pensacola, God called me there to show me some things. He said, I really wasn't to talk to anybody, but just watch spiritually. I had this habit of in praise and worship, I could just step easily into the realm of the spirit. God would open it up to me through the gift of discerning of spirits, words of knowledge, and I could see and peer into the hidden world, the spirit realm. I wasn't frightened of it. I had done some studying. I had learned It is a real world, the world, the realm of the spirit. I learned that humans have human spirits, the one that lives on after death, that we all believe in. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I began learning about the realm of the spirit. And this was one of the many things, because we read the Bible and we don't understand. And you're going to hear about a lady at the well who didn't understand this deep spiritual truth that I had to learn and see and experience. So let's get started. Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I told you it's about Seamus and in a church service with me, Pastor Deborah. This story is so unbelievable, yet it is true. And it is happening even now today in every church, synagogue, mosque, home school, home church, out in the fields. It doesn't matter. It is happening. It happens during 
praise time, worship time, singing and dancing, preaching the word, speaking. It happens. It happens even at the wall in Jerusalem. That's right. And you learn what I learned during this time. That the kingdom of darkness, the realm of the spirit ruled by Satan, the adversary of God, was at work. He was to prevent these wonderful human spirits inside of dirt bodies from worshiping the Father in spirit and truth. I didn't know that was going on. I used to have to watch when I was in the revival. I was on their deliverance team and their prayer team. I would sit up in the balcony in my assigned pew and watch people during praise and worship. I had to learn to discern the flesh, the demonic manifestations, and true spiritual worship. It took a long time. I didn't close my eyes. I watched. I had to learn. I had to see so I would believe. Satan knows spiritually more than we do what the Heavenly Father desires for us, the humanity, the spirit inside of us. Some people call it many different things, but it is that eternal part of us that's inside of us that lives on after death. Satan knows there is that part in us. And it is spiritually to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But unknown to me, Pastor Deborah, and probably you, undetected, undisturbed, this spirit was not able to do that. Because there was hindrances spiritually. And Seamus' story and him are going to help you understand these hindrances. This happens everywhere. I see it clearly. That's right. In any meeting, any political party, businesses, it doesn't matter. Families. Precious human spirits that I was learning about who were to worship the Father in spirit and truth could not do that. And this understanding that I'm going to give to you in the fullness of the story comes from some scriptures, which is going to be quite a few. I'm going to read them to you because you will read them in the Bible. And if you don't understand it, you won't understand spiritual worship, truth, religion, flesh, demonics. You won't understand why if you pray and nothing happens. So let's begin. John. 4, 5 through 26. John was an early disciple of Christ Jesus, the Son of God, who became the Lamb, the sacrifice, to free all of humanity. He wrote it probably about 40 years after the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. He was a young man, and he had seen and been with this Christ Jesus during his earthly walk. He had about three years with him before he went to the cross. Not very long. 
but they had been hearing about a Messiah coming, a king coming. And John had been looking, and he had already been a disciple, a student of John the Baptist. And he was told by John the Baptist, no, no, I'm not the one you're to follow anymore. Go follow that one, that guy I just baptized. Mm -hmm. Go follow him, Jesus. John 4, verse 5. Then came Jesus to a city of Samaria. Now, John could write this because he was there in this story when he wrote it, which was called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Verse 6. Now, Jacob's well was there. I'm reading. That's why I'm looking down. Jesus, therefore, being wearied, his dirt body would get tired. He was thirsty and hungry. And he was his spirit was limited. So he sat down at the well from his long journey. And it was about the sixth hour. Verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Verse 8. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. He was there all alone. And this woman came up. Do not ever think that just a chance encounter somewhere. Walmart, a parking lot, at a movie, at a sports event, in the bathrooms, in your neighborhood, can all be used to help someone else see the truth. Verse 9, then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that you, being a Jew, because she looked at his scarf and recognized he was Jewish, asked a drink of me, a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with us, the Samaritans. Does that sound familiar nowadays? We don't talk to the Buddhist or the Taoist or the Islamic people. We don't talk to that color of people. We don't talk to that sex. Does that sound familiar? Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her. If you knew the spiritual gift of God. And who it is that is saying to you. Give me to drink. You would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Right there. Jesus was telling her, there's another kind of water. And there's somebody besides me telling you or asking you for a drink of water. God will use everyday experiences, your basic needs, to help you understand, to take a leap into the spirit, to question you and what you're doing. This is a wonderful Wonderful encounter of God personally talking with just one of us. And when you learn more about her, you'll go, why would God talk to her? She's not righteous and pure. You'll learn. Isaiah 12, 2 through 3. Now remember, all these scriptures come from the authorized King James Bible. Verse 2, Behold, God is my spiritual 
salvation. I was taught early on to understand the Bible with the word spirit and spiritual in front of it. Normally it read, behold, God is my salvation. But he had to help me find you, the spirit you, the hidden you, the eternal you, the part he was working to reach by putting the word spiritual in front of words. I will trust and not be afraid. That's the spirit speaking, not the soul. For the Lord Jehovah is my spiritual strength and my spiritual song. He has also become my spiritual salvation. When I put that word spiritual there, it helps me to know what part of our three-part being of spirit, soul, and physical body Christ Jesus was talking about. Because I learned later, our physical bodies are going to die. And they are going to be transformed into some new spiritual type of body. And we saw that when Jesus came out of the tomb. It could pop here and pop there, disappear here. We think he walked through walls, but I think he just showed up. A different kind of body. But yet he could at times eat food. You could touch him. So the physical body was completely different now. It wasn't the same before death. Verse 3, therefore with joy shall you spiritually draw spiritual water out of the spiritual wells of salvation. Mm-hmm. Getting deep now, we're learning there's wells of salvation. There's some kind of spiritual water we need to draw out of the well of spiritual salvation. Hmm. That's how you learn. You follow the scriptures out. Back to John 4, 5 through 26, verse 11. The woman said unto Jesus, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From where do you have that living water? Because he introduced her to another type of water, some living water. Now she's curious. She says, you don't even have a bucket to get that kind of water from this well. What are you talking about? Her curiosity was now waking up. Verse 12. Are you greater than our father, Jacob, which gave us this well? And he drank from it himself and his children and his cattle. Sometimes we will go back Well, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they did it this way. Are you greater than them? A lot of stuff about ancestors. Yeah, have to study. Verse 13. Jesus answered her and said unto her, Whoever drinks of this water from this well that Jacob gave you shall thirst again. Verse 14. Whoever drinks of the spiritual water of spiritual salvation that I shall give them shall never spiritually thirst. That's a powerful statement if you go slow. So he is saying you have a spiritual thirst that only spiritual living water 
that comes in abundance can quench that thirst. But the water of spiritual salvation that I shall give to you, to him, the one who thirsts spiritually, it shall be in him. That's interesting. You don't have to go outside of yourself. It will be a well of salvation, of living water, spiritually springing up into everlasting spiritual life. And he just took that lady inside of her own body. Said, there's a well inside of you, a well of living water. And if you drink of this spiritual water that is there, you'll never be spiritually thirsty again. Can you imagine if somebody said that to you? That lady must have been confused. What are you talking about? This guy is weird. Okay, that's a conversation at the well between Jesus and the lady from Samaria. Verse 15. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water so that I thirst not again. Neither do I have to come here. She's thinking on one level, trying to understand, thinking, I'll get some kind of water and never have to be burdened again coming down here to this well and drinking. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, okay, test time. For I give you this water that I'm talking about, that you'll never spiritually be thirsty again. This living water. I got a question for you. Go call your husband. To come here. Have you ever been challenged like that? Mm-hmm. We all will be. Have been. So here she is. Being tested. By this Jesus. Verse 17. The woman answered and said. I have no husband. That was the truth. Jesus said unto her, You have said well. You have told the truth. But you have no husband. Verse 18. For you have had five husbands. Verse 18. You're right, young lady. You have had five Husbands, these are words of knowledge through the Holy Spirit that were given to Jesus. And they are now in operation to do spiritual ministry. And whom you now have is not your husband. Words of knowledge, spiritual discernment. In this this answer to me that you have no husband. In this you have said truthfully. She passed the test. She didn't lie. Verse 19. The woman said unto him. Sir. I perceive that you are a prophet. This lady believed if you knew people's thoughts and their truths. God was talking to you. And you were considered a prophet. Because of the spiritual words of knowledge. That he had spoken. And you are from the Holy Spirit. 
She said that to him. Verse 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. She probably is pointing over there. See that mountain over there? That one. A physical location here in Samaria. And you, the Jews, but you say that in Jerusalem only is the physical place where men ought to worship. Boy, we're getting deep now. Where do we go to worship? Do we go to the high mountain? Do we go to the temple? Verse 21. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. The hour, the time, the age, the season, and the day comes when you shall neither worship in this mountain that you have been doing, that physical location, nor at Jerusalem in the temple will you go anymore to worship the Father. Right there, he changed the relationship from God to Father. Deep, deep spiritual information right there. And her thoughts are, what? Then where do I go to worship? And we all have the same thing. There's something wrong. You're not in church. You're not in your pew. You're not in the Bible study. You're not at praise and worship. You're out in the fields. You're working. You don't go to church anymore. Hmm. So you can't worship the Father. You can't worship God because you're not in a building. You're not in a specific place. Now don't get tired of the scriptures and the stories that are in them. Because these are the background, the foundation to what I'm going to tell you happened to me. Verse 22. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. The Jews were the first, we'll say the older brother. They were to write down the scriptures. They were to tell the rest of the world about this spiritual God as father. They were to be kings and royal priests. And they were to rule through their physical body on earth. But they didn't do that very well. So... They got what the mission was and the ministry they had was taken away, given to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And a dark veil of ignorance was put over their eyes. And as you know, there's what you would call Orthodox Jews now. Many Jews still are waiting for the Messiah, King David, to come. They do not believe he has come. He was not Christ Jesus. He was a prophet, a teacher, and a man, but not the Son of God. So there's a lot of history that goes on. And my experiences in learning how to help people the Lord's way. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to 2 Kings 17, 29. Verse 29. How be it that every nation made gods of their own? Go back into history. Egypt. And even before that, everybody had a god. And put them in their houses. 
the earthly places of the high places, the mountains. Some people made trees and animals, rivers and lakes and oceans, mountains, gods, which the Samaritans had made. Ancient history shows us humanity was searching, trying to serve and worship gods. Jesus is talking to us in the Bible as, yeah, we've all done it. In every nation, every generation, every civilization. Verse 20. Now we're going back to John 4, 5 through 26. Verse 23. But the hour, the time comes. And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Things were changing. It wasn't just a God that we were to worship anymore. We had a, Jesus was trying to get us to a new relationship. He's our father. He's our source. We are his offspring, his children. A lot of connotations and identity come with being the children of a God, which makes us gods ourselves. Yeah, I'm a God. I'm not the God, but I'm a God. I am the offspring of a God, spiritually. My spirit is. My physical body is not. It's the creation, but it's not a God. And he's telling us that true worshipers are different than what you are. And the time has come for the true worshipers to arise and recognize that they're to worship the Father. Not in a physical location anymore, but in spirit and in truth and understanding of who he is and who we are. For the Father, he said, seeks such to worship him. This is interesting. Now, this is going to get deep when I get into the church with Seamus. I had to see this in action to believe it. So her thoughts to herself is, but weren't, aren't we worshiping him in the mountain physically the way we're supposed to? Isn't he our God? He's the God of our fathers. Aren't you guys doing it correct in Jerusalem in the temple? Aren't you worshiping the God of our ancestors? What do you mean in spirit and in truth? And he's our father. That would make us gods ourselves. Can you imagine her thoughts going on inside of her? Mm-hmm. That's right. Verse 24. God is spirit, this Jesus is telling her. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means knowledge of him and in the right relationship with him as his child. And we didn't have it. She didn't have it. She wasn't worshiping in spirit. She was worshiping physically through the soul and the physical body on a mountain. He said, that isn't it. The time has come. She didn't know he was going to go to a cross in a little while. And he was going to pay the penalty. Be sacrificed for her. For her to be able to legally and righteously Worship in spirit. So her spirit would be freed. 
and have light and knowledge. And the spiritual part of her could worship in spirit their father in spirit. Now, he couldn't tell her all of that at this well. He's just talking about living water, how to worship this God, what he's seeking. He wants them to worship him in spirit and in truth. What a day at the well that one was. Verse 25. The woman said unto him, I know that when the Messiah comes, they heard some Messiah, a king like David, was coming to free them from all of their enemies, which was called Christ, which meant the anointed king. And when he comes, she said, he'll tell us all these things. He said, verse 26, and Jesus said unto her, I that am speaking unto you am he and am him. I am the Messiah. I am the Christ, the anointed king. And I am telling you these things. I am here now. What a day that was for this young lady and this Christ Jesus. And that is the background, the foundation of Pastor Deborah's personal story. Seamus and the church that I was at. Worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth was this lesson. And I had to see it to believe it. I had to learn it. Was the spiritual goal and the purposes for salvation and redemption from the Heavenly Father through His Son, the Lamb, on a cross. The Lamb had to die willingly, go through hell, death, and the grave. For you, so that your spirit could be freed and given this truth and this light, and your spirit could be freely, could be freed to worship this Father in spirit and in truth. Going to a physical location, to buildings, meetings, even now on Zoom. Meetings, Bible studies online was not what it was about anymore. When the cross occurred and the debt was paid, it was a new time to learn how to worship spiritually with knowledge and truth. But instead, we were to learn how to worship in the spiritual realm with our human spirit, in knowledge, in truth, and understanding. Of who we are and who this father is. Father meant source. We were his offspring. We were his children. So since Satan knew this. This was the plans and the purposes of God the Most High. He set out his plans to spiritually interfere. With saved born again human spirits. Throughout the ages, throughout time and history, this has been going on. Human spirits in spiritual activity have been denied, held captive in prisons, in slavery, in ignorance and darkness, and did not know who their spiritual father was until you go through the cross experience and you die and you're born again. Some people will call it reincarnation. 
new birth. You are the old spiritual you. And you cannot worship this God because you are spiritually of another father, Satan. When we fell and disobeyed long ago, back in Genesis in the Bible, our DNA was physically changed. Our spiritual DNA was changed. We are now the children of Satan. We are the offspring of jealousy and envy and pride, hatred. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. And our spirits are trapped in darkness and ignorance. Oh, we worship a God. Usually it's Satan. But not the Father of Christ Jesus. So we had to learn. And this Jesus was telling this lady at the well. The time's coming. It's now here. She knew he was going to the cross. That how you worshipped. Where you worshipped. What part of you worshipped. Was going to change. So Satan though. He's been spiritually interfering with us. Even if we are born again. Mm -hmm. His job is to keep our spirit. From worshipping the father. In spirit and in truth. And that is Satan's goal. He doesn't. Satan does not care. If you physically worship. God is not looking for that. Looking for your spirit. To know him as father. For you to know you are his child. And for you to freely spiritually worship. Mm -hmm. So God the heavenly father desired us for all humanity. I didn't know that when I was a mental health counselor. I had to learn this by reading the scriptures. Watching movies about this. Seeing Jesus talk to the woman at the well in a movie. Read it in scripture. Watch the movie again. Think about it. Ponder about it. Then have a personal experience. That's where Seamus comes in. God the Heavenly Father wanted and desires for each human, everyone, to worship him in spirit and in truth. Not in our physical dirt body, not by our soul, not in denominations, not in church buildings, you can do it there. I've done it there. That's not what he's looking for and seeking. Now we're going to enter this story of Pastor Deborah and Seamus. Powerful story of how Satan interferes spiritually with spiritual worship in the spirit realm that's hidden from your soul of human spirits. So they will not worship the Father in spirit or in truth, even in a Christian church, Bible study, anywhere, maybe even in your dreams. Mm -hmm. I had just started going to another church on Sunday mornings. I think it was one here in Pensacola called Jubilee. I think that was the name of it. And I had a lot of spiritual lessons that would be taught to me. I was told I could go there but not speak to anybody, not volunteer in any ministry, just watch and observe. So that's what I did. I had a lot to learn. And I had a lot to see. So training, training, education, more training, opening of my spiritual eyes, truth coming in. 
I had to have this. I had to see so I would believe what God was trying to help me to do with him. I had to become a spiritual partner with him. I had to learn how to do spiritual ministry. How to talk in the spirit. How to see in the spirit. How to know what was going on. And how to love those like Seamus. And the, all of the members of the Black Forest Clan. All those in Satanism and witchcraft and the occult. Any occult. Gangs. Hardcore stuff. Heavy metal music. The LGBTQI. All of that. Every unbeliever. Islamic terrorist. Islam. Everybody. I had to love their spirit inside the dirt, inside the soul. Because I knew the word of God that was just, I just read and the story. I knew worship in spirit and truth was the heavenly father's desires of his heart and his mind. And the goal of the spiritual salvation of the cross. And spiritual death i knew that now Mm -hmm. i knew what he was looking for and he had to bring us through death so we would be born again through him through the holy spirit through the cross to become his children again new offspring the old us had to die the ones that were the children of satan Mm -hmm. that's who you are before you believe in christ jesus Mm-hmm. The most high could spiritually reveal to me spiritually hidden demonic spirits through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, through words of knowledge, discerning of spirits. I, I, I live in the discerning of spirits. I didn't know what it was at first. I had to study it and recognize that other people saw and heard things. I wasn't mentally ill. I could hear God's voice. I could see him. He would manifest himself to me. Heard him in dreams. Would see his hands, see his eyes, his smile. He was always there with me. I had become an awakened spirit, even though I was born again since I was three. I was like a child. I didn't know nothing. So through these gifts, the Holy Spirit would help me to know Satan's plans. It would let me see into the realm of the spirit. Oh, it's a not a nice place to go, so I had to be trained as a soldier, like a black ops, Navy SEAL, Army Ranger. I had to be tough spiritually. You wouldn't know it. I'm only 5'2". Now I'm 71. At the time, I was maybe 40-something. I had to be tough in the spirit. I had to be able to stand up against some of the most hideous creatures that you could ever imagine and not run. I had to study warfare, World War II, behind the enemy lines, resistance fighters, spying. I studied. I learned how to be a enemy spy. I learned how to be a fly on the wall. I learned what the enemy was up to. I learned his plans. I learned. I was around him. I could see him in trees, in the water, animals, people. I could see him everywhere. Now, if I had talked out to people, they were, especially in church, I'd think you were mentally ill. You were nuts. You were crazy. You were in the occult. 
because believers didn't do that. And if I spoke that in mental health world, I am mentally ill, schizophrenic. <laughs> I need some medication. So I am hallucinating and auditory issues. There are many pastors that don't believe God speaks to us anymore. Just read the word. That's all. And God doesn't really guide you because whatever happens, he's that's just him. They don't know his personality. They don't know him. And they go to Bible school and they got doctors of divinity. Been there with those guys. Oh, it's horrible. So here in this church, I'm just told to praise and worship and look spiritually. So on this day, I'm going to see what worshiping in spirit and truth look like and the hindrances of Satan through Seamus. I could... I was even told by some lady there how easy I could step into the spirit room. She could say that. I, why? I don't know. I, I just was a very easy believer. I, I didn't fight it. I didn't have any controls on me. I just believed. So during the praise and worship time in this church, I would just easily enter, enter into the spirit realm. And I could see and hear and know what was going on. Because the Holy Spirit's gift of discerning the spirit opened up to me and my spirit could see. And the Most High began showing me all the human spirits in this church on this morning, what was happening during the worship, the praise and worship time. And boy, was I shocked. What did I see? All human spirits in the worship service. But their spirits were not worshiping. Their hands were not up. They were like frozen zombies just standing there. Mouths were not moving. There was a darkness in them and around them. I go, what's going on? I knew we were to be worshiping in spirit, with our spirit. Saw nothing. Oh, their physical bodies may have been dancing and clapping and bowing and singing on their knees, but not their spirits. They were frozen. Some of them were in chains, gagged, hands behind their back. Human spirits not worshiping in spirit or in truth. The heavenly father just standing there in darkness. Some were crying, tears running down their eyes. Some looked like they were bound in chains, crumpled on the floor. And this man, this one human spirit, with a bunch of demons around him, was walking around the room, the sanctuary. And that was Seamus. He had some powerful demons behind him. He was an enforcer. He was there to enforce. But they not worship in spirit and truth. That was his job. Now, in the natural, his body was standing there. His eyes were not closed. His mouth was really not singing. His arms were not raised. Just standing there. That's all. And he was just walking around the sanctuary, peering at the people, beating them, ordering 
the demons to take care of them if they even lifted their eyes or their hands or tried to. I could see this spiritually that day. Seamus was a powerful king of the Black Forest clan. He was born into it. He even wanted to go to this church. And he wanted to marry a Christian. Because there's something in every human spirit trying to be close to God. But in order to do that, he told me he had to sacrifice the wife he had. So he did. Some people will go to tremendous sacrifices to find God. But then when he got there, he had to do his job for Satan. Then I spiritually saw him and his demons that were assigned to him during praise and worship and preaching of the word, always walking around, always ensuring that these human spirits did not worship the Father in any way with their spiritual body. Their words, their eyes could not look up. Their hands could not look up. And they lived in so much fear. They knew that the fear would keep them from even thinking about it. Seamus, a powerful human spirit. Looked like Persian. You might think he was from the, one of the Arab Emirate countries. That's what he looked like. Good looking young man. I think he was an architect or maybe or something, a businessman. Not quite sure. How could he do this? He had the power of Satan. He had demons with him spiritually. Oh, they were big. Why would he do that? That's what he was spiritually brought up in. No words of singing were coming from him either, physically or spiritually. He was working. No arms were raised up. No one was laying in the spiritually in a humble position, prostrate before the Lord. Nothing. You couldn't even hear music. It was dark, darkness. There was whimpering, tears. No light, no songs, no hope, nothing. There was no spiritual light in the children lighting up. Nothing coming in, nothing going out. Just fear and torment. I saw the spiritual interference from one spiritual man, Seamus. Who was serving Satan in this church and not allowing human spirits to worship in spirit and in truth. Fear was present. Demons were present. Intimidation was going on. Spells of being frozen, paralyzed. Dumb spiritual children and death. Blindness. Veils of darkness were pulled over their hearts and minds. Sad. The Most High was receiving no worship, no praise in spirit or in truth 
from these precious redeemed spiritual children in the church. Because of another's purposes, Satan's was not going to allow the heavenly father to get what he wanted. Worship in spirit and truth by his children. Satan was going to deny him. He's the adversary of God fighting against him everywhere. Through every means. Denying God the father what he wants the most. His children. To worship him in spirit and in truth. So what was I led to do spiritually? Well, I immediately asked God, the Most High, to bind up all the works of Satan and his demons who were there. Then I asked God, who was this human spirit? Who was the spiritual instrument, the minister, the servant that Satan was using to do this? And I told, and I was told, he was a multi-generational Satanist. He was the right shoulder of the king of the Black Forest Clan, J.L. I don't know if they're still alive or not. That was 20-something years ago. But God was using this man to show me some powerful spiritual things so I could help him the Lord's way with his ministry to you. This was a successful businessman. In town. He was respected but not known by Seamus in the church. The pastor loved him. He sat on the front row. He was friends with the church. Everybody knew him. He donated money. He was always there. I watched him in the natural. Appearing to be worshipping. Sort of singing. But no hands raised. No eyes were closed. No emotions. When he spiritually saw me, spiritually, binding up the demons he was using and destroying the spells of containment, the veil of darkness, the fear of Satan, he just looked at me. What do you think he saw? That light had come into his world, into that church that morning. No words were spoken between him and I. Just the powerful presence of God, the Most High, was working through me in that particular morning service. While the Heavenly Father desiring through his spiritual children to receive spirit, through his spiritual children to receive praise and worship in his in the spirit by the spirit and in truth now these precious humans had a long way to go to understand father and child mm-hmm. they did human spirits unable to break free themselves they needed a special ops a behind the scenes army ranger a navy seal had to be tough spiritually have no fear of demons But I had to love the human spirit, Seamus. I had to know what his plans were. I had to know he too lived in fear and was bound by his birth. Bound. I had to learn. Then I was sent to another church service. And I also saw spiritually bound up 
precious spiritual children unable to also worship Satan in spirit and truth. Since the pastors seemed to not have any knowledge of this, they could not interfere, they could not bind up, it would not work. They were bound themselves. I had to know spiritual warfare. I had to have no fear in this realm of the spirit. I'm in the church service. I'm shorter than Seamus. All by myself. But I was military raised. I was raised up by a man who served General Patton in World War II. Married a master chief in the Navy. Our lives are dedicated to saving people, freeing nations, dying and serving for freedom. I was tough. I was not afraid. I knew how to be behind the enemy lines. I knew how to go into the darkness. No no pastor taught me this. This was all through the word of God, through personal experience, through movies. So here I am, binding up, according to Matthew 18 and 18, those things, those spells and those containment things on these precious human spirits that Sunday morning in a Christian church. The demons left. Seamus was left alone and he left spiritually. Oh, his physical body was still there. Mm-hmm. And that was my entrance, my first beginning and my contact with Seamus. And it carried on for many years on the phone, in person. We had to be very careful. We never spoke personally. I touched him once and I had to apologize because my touch is like this. And to a multi-generational Satanist, it's painful when light touches them. I'm back. I had to go take care of dog. We had a thunderstorm, so try to get back to my train of thought. In this church where Seamus was, which was not his real name, he and I became wonderful sort of partners in a way. Because the story goes after that day, I wanted to reach out to him more in the church. So I stood someplace where I knew he had passed by, and I just touched him with my finger, and it hurt him. Because I didn't realize that people who are in the darkness, that when the Spirit of God comes through you physically, it hurts them. And the demonic spirits that's in their lives. And I had to apologize to them. I had to learn not to touch people because it hurt them. I had to learn to use my voice, my words, my eyes, my smile. So, After this day, I learned a lot this morning, but I still had more to learn. And God had to show me once again about worshiping in spirit and truth. And he used Seamus and the same church. By this time, after this event, Seamus would come through another person. Her name was Amanda. She was my spiritual daughter. I used to have, I don't know what you'd call them, just hundreds of people on Coming through one girl. She would be called Grand Central Station. We would have multiple conversations. 
For some reason, this was normal for them to go in and out of each other's bodies. I had to spiritually know who was on the phone. I would talk to them. It'd be her voice. And her body would be calling on the phone, but Seamus would show up. And we would talk. He'd ask questions. I'd cry for him. And they were getting to know me. And I was getting to know them spiritually. Now came another event. In the same church. One Sunday morning. Uh, the pastor, the preacher, was talking about how businessmen need to really reach out with their finances and help support the work of God, whether it be with donations or helping the poor or orphanages or the different ministries. And so he was calling those who were business people to come forward to the front and to offer as, uh, and to offer some of their finances as offerings unto the Lord. Many people came forward physically, but Seamus, who was always on the front row, did not physically move. Then I was taken into the spirit, and I saw him and several other human spirits that I knew standing next to Seamus. They looked at me, and I was told by God, don't say one word to them, don't encourage them, don't discourage them, just watch. They had to make their own mind up, their own decision, without me. They had to hear the call of God and they had to decide for themselves whether they were going to come forward in spirit and in truth so I watched as him and several other of his friends who he was close to stepped forward spiritually at the altar they prayed a prayer that they would use their money to help the work of the Lord this was a Sunday morning Sunday night, I came back, and there was no Seamus. He used to go Sunday morning, Sunday night. For the next few weeks, there was no Seamus in church. Then he came on the phone through Amanda. Got to remember, this is my life. That was normal. One, a female called who was allowed to call me by the rules of Satanism. And others would get in her spirit, and they would talk to me through her body. Very normal. Sounds interesting, but that's how it was. So Seamus told me, I said, where have you been? It's been about two or three weeks. He said, well, after I stepped forward spiritually, my spirit did, his physical body never moved. And the other human spirits that were friends of his, they were not in the church physically. He said, I was attacked, tormented, beaten by the demonic spirits that live in me, that are connected to me. And I ended up in the Sacred Heart Hospital for two or three days. Because he was in very bad shape. A lot of internal injuries and aches. And then he was ordered to leave Pensacola and move to Atlanta. So he did. And because uh, he had been living here, I don't know, several years. He is a part of the Black Forest clan. And they all kind of followed Amanda here. Who had become my spiritual daughter. And that's you'll hear a lot of her story later on. What I learned is even if you step forward to give your money, if you serve Satan and you serve the other guy, you're a politician and you've been serving him or worshiping another God, you're going to get in trouble. And he did. But he hung in there after that, being in the hospital with great pains and stuff. He kept working with me in the realm of the spirit. 
He eventually was allowed to move back to Pensacola and helped a young girl to come out of Satanism who had been raped by a psychologist and uh, needed to be recovered, and he took her in as his daughter. So there was a wonderful history with Seamus. He was used mightily by God to help teach me about worshiping in spirit and truth of the human spirit. Even today, this is going on in Walmart, over the Internet, on social media, on LinkedIn, in dreams, in my house. It doesn't matter. Through neighbors, through husband. Human spirits have been moving in and out, especially those in the occult and witchcraft. They've been moving in and out of physical bodies all their lives. I've seen them in trees, animals. Mm -hmm. Seen them in people in nursing homes that want to get a hug. I've seen them in children. I've seen them in PhDs, colleges, committee meetings. I've seen them get into pastors and preach the word of God. It's an unreal situation. It's unbelievable. But I had to learn about worshiping in spirit and in truth. I had so much to learn about helping the Lord his way to help you, the human spirit. I had to see and then believe I had to experience and get to know these people. I don't know if Seamus is alive or if JL is. I don't know. It was 20 years ago. Life is kind of short for a lot of these people, especially if they start believing in this Christ Jesus and they get to know Pastor Deborah. And a lot of them I have walked to the altar in a satanic meeting and taken them before they were hurt. Some of them have been taken out of their bodies before they got to the meeting. It's powerful, powerful ministry, helping people the Lord's way. So I learned much about worshiping in spirit and truth, much about the human spirit that I was going to be helping, much about the Lord and his ministry to them, how I was to move, how I was to think, what it was going to be like. I couldn't be wimpy. It wasn't about scriptures. I was at warfare in the realm of the spirit. I was setting captives free who had been living in dungeons and jails and prison, living in darkness with no light, living in torment by their taskmasters. I was on a mission, secret, behind the enemy lines, wherever I went. Oh, there were times when I'd be in Walmart and some guy would come to me in the spirit wanting to get saved. He was a gang out of Mexico, one of the cartel people. And his physical body was in the vegetable fruit section. But I'm not to walk up to them and lead them to the Lord that way. I take care of business in the spirit. And at the checkout counter, I recognized him. I gave him a thumbs up. Waved him, said goodbye. And kind of nodded heads. And that was it. Man was saved. Walmart's a wonderful, wonderful ministry field for me. Parking lot is. The neighborhood is. My dreams, my home, everywhere I go. That's right. In the realm of the spirit, there is no church building. So I had to learn about worshiping in spirit and in truth. I had to learn about, about the human spirit. And that's what God was trying to reach. 
I had to learn so much that was not in the mental health world. It wasn't in clinical mental health counseling. It wasn't in social work, psychology, or psychiatry. It wasn't in religion. It was in the realm where the light is. It was in the realm of eternity. It was in the realm of the afterlife. It was in the realm of the underworld. It was in the realm of the dark shadows. It was in the realm where Lord Sauron or the Lord of the Rings was. It was in the realm, the matrix, programming, entrapment, enslavement, fear, torment. I had to learn. I had to go because I was going to be sent to you. And to you. To you. I had to learn what the word of God was trying to teach me spiritually. And I learned. And even to this day, I understand. And I move in the spirit. And there was one precious girl named Candy who I helped for three or four years. Bring her out of deep darkness. She couldn't even take Holy Communion in the spirit. Because Holy Communion, blood and wine and bread, had been so distorted in the kingdom of darkness, spiritually, that she, her spirit couldn't even take Holy Communion spiritually with the Lord and be one. And we had to work through that. Everything of God that he desires for the spirit, the spirit must learn. But Satan is right there to distort it, control it, keep the human spirit entrapped, enslaved, living in fear, perverting it, to keep the Heavenly Father from getting what he desires and wants. You, freely worshiping in spirit and in truth, with your human spirit, knowing him as Father, And you, as his offspring, a God yourself. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have been with us today, that you have helped us to see beyond the natural world, that you are there waiting for us to realize and understand that we are your children when we come through the cross, when we accept the sacrifice of the Lamb, we come through death. And we are born again, a new creature in Christ. A new creature in Christ, living spiritually free, learning about you and us as father and child. Thank you for this teaching. Thank you for helping Pastor Deborah to teach it to us. And any of you that want him as your father right now, to come into the light, it's done. He'll free you through a Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision. He'll bring you out of the darkness. And he'll begin giving you spiritual truths about yourself and him. He'll help you to show you how to spiritually worship him in spirit and in truth. The days are just beginning. It is an eternity that will last and you will grow and mature. And to what he desires for you to be. A mighty king. According to Genesis 1.26-28. 
living and ruling out in the realm of the natural, maybe on another planet, another galaxy, solar system, as a spiritual king of the kingdom of heaven. I'll see you on the next video, the next School of Light, number 23, another story about Pastor Deborah learning how to help you the Lord's way. Bye.